Welcome to Stand Out in ELT. I'm Ola Kowalska and I'm the host of this extraordinary podcast. I wanted to bring you a platform where you hear from myself and other amazing and inspiring people who have created their success and stand out in ELT. People say that English language teaching is a saturated market, so it's absolutely crucial that you know how to stand out. And I'm going to teach you how to do it. And I'm going to inspire you to take action. So, welcome to this space. And I can't wait for you to stand out and build your legacy in ELT. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Stand Out in ELT. Um, so happy that you're here with me, with us, actually, because I've got another exciting guest. I'm so happy that he agreed to talk to me because what we're going to talk about today is so rarely discussed. Uh, and I and we both want to challenge it. So hi, Chubby. Welcome. Hey, Ola. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming and agreeing to do this with me. It's amazing. Pleasure is mine. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself um, first before we even begin? Sure. So, yeah, my name is Chubby, Chubby Berger, originally from Hungary. Um, the original name is Chubba, but I just keep using my nickname just to stay young forever. Um, <laughs> And yes, originally from Hungary, I've lived in three countries so far. So I spent uh, about six years in the UK, um, basically teaching, running my own business. And then I went backwards in my career and just went back to a school. Um, I mean, I was teaching in a school in Japan, really wanted to try how that feels, um, really wanted to see like, why is it that, you know, let's say people in East Asia have so much trouble uh, becoming um, more fluent and then yeah that's where I just I just moved um, out of Japan now so I'm in, currently in Thailand and working on my basically Instagram and YouTube based uh, business which includes coaching and mainly focusing on helping people learning to learn vocabulary and you know speaking so how to apply all that thing all those things that they learn um, in their speaking. Mm. So it's more than just teaching them the, 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 the stuff. It's also how to activate the stuff, right? Which I love. I've always Absolutely. been very passionate about learner autonomy. And I think it's an important aspect of. True. Yeah. And I think that's uh, such a, a part and parcel of, of coaching itself as well, trying to coach people into how to be more autonomous as well. Because eventually to me, being a teacher is not just like, here is something you could just easily Google and find, but it's to teach them how to find that, how to use all that knowledge that is out there. It's already Googleable. You can check anything out there, right? That's, I think, uh, for me, what a teacher is. Te like teaching how to learn instead Absolutely. of teaching the subject. Because if you become, if you just, you know, tell people, oh, here is an interesting word, you, you, you become like a live dictionary. Do we want that? Exactly. No. That's, that's, what, that's what my philosophy is as well. Like, 
I'm not a picture dictionary or something, right? Um, I just need to teach people how to assess that, how to access that knowledge and try to put it into good use. Especially because I think, you know, language learning is such a, like a personal journey. So somebody else who has never lived your life cannot tell you what expressions you need, you know, what, what is your, your priority. Um, so if someone tells you this is an advanced word, so if you want to become a more advanced speaker, you have to know this. But if I would never use that in my life, because I, let's say I work in a totally different field, or I don't live in a city, why would I have to force myself to learn certain expressions when some other ones would take preference? Because that's just my life. And you would, you know, the, the more vocabulary you can re- relate to your own life, the more successful your language learning journey will be eventually, right? So who am I to tell my student what they need to learn Absolutely. instead of teaching them how to how to access all that knowledge they can already find because it's all out there. Absolutely. Uh, oh, my God. And also, did you just listen to my podcast that hasn't even been released about how <laughs> coaching is exactly that, teaching people how to be independent and how to, like, by showing them certain techniques of, um, you know, progress, but not only by applying certain strategies, because a lot of people are trapped in that way of thinking that progress in anything, English, business, uh, you know, online presence, whatever it is, is just about learning how do I do it step by step? It's not just that, right? Mm. Nothing is, you know, the question of step by step eventually. Mm. And people just keep accumulating knowledge and tips and all these things instead of taking action, which is the most important thing, Mm. which is what, again, mindset work is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So would you say that that's the most important thing in teaching for you? Do you want to make your learners independent, autonomous? Yeah, I mean, for me, a teacher is someone who, who shows the way. For example, I could show the way how I have managed to reach my fluency in the languages that I learned to be a guide, you know, support or the feedback, not just on the language, but on your behavior, the actions you take, how you take responsibility for everything. You could also be, you know, and this is for all non-native English teachers, be an inspiration, an example, Mm. like somebody they can uh, aspire to as well. And then basically... um, yeah, being someone who helps them reflect, which is, again, just part of being more autonomous as well. So I do believe that all of this, including the whole coaching element, would, and this is partly why I think that teachers would make excellent coaches. If they get the right training, if they have the right ideas, you know, it's just so inevitable that I think this industry needs more coaching. Um, for students because language learning is one of the hardest things people can do in their life Um, so if we have you know fitness coaches if we have health coaches all these kind of business coaches as well who help people deal with these difficulties then why not language language coaches right I know I know and I've uh, I wish we had been introduced to the idea of coaching earlier on I learned my languages the hard way the mm. the learning things by heart the uh yeah, try oh error. <laughs> ah, i don't know if it's the eastern european as well like or central european whatever you you wish to call it where we are from but 
the idea of coaching is also very alien there, uh, but it's still in many other places around the world. Um, and it's quite sad, but again, it's great that there are people who are ready to talk about it. And especially in, in our little EOT world, because everybody still, still wants to learn English. We just want yeah. to find, we just have to find better ways of doing it. And we can clearly see that it doesn't work like the traditional way of, you know, going through a course book with a group of people that is like the most traditional way of someone who can learn English. Um, just doesn't work in practice because it doesn't prepare them. And people don't see the value in investing in a class because they are like, I've been going to a class for three years. Um, they have the mindset blocks they don't work on. And then they say the teacher didn't help me or this course is rubbish because we could only speak for like 20 minutes or I, I'm, I don't know, lumped with people with a lower level than myself, which is actually the real world. There will be people who speak English at a lower level, level than you. Um, so all these things, I think, just don't prepare people for life, for using their English, really putting it into practice. Mm, I totally agree. I observe it so much in, uh, I'm a CELTA trainer as well, so I observe it as in my trainees, especially new trainees. But new trainees are very op open to ideas of um, actually facilitating people's learning rather than giving them everything on a plate. Right. Unfortunately, it's people with experience who are so stuck in their ways that mm. they just want to, you know, here is knowledge, eat it, and it's yours to do whatever you it's, like. It's a generation question as well. So I think like the older generations who didn't have Wikipedia, they had to go to the library, they would find, them, it's, find it easier to ask a teacher about knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I think in this day and age, knowledge is not knowledge if you don't apply it. Mm -hmm. This is one of the first things I always tell my students when they say, I know Chubby. And I'm like, you don't know because you don't do it. Knowing is very easy nowadays. You could just clearly look it up on Wikipedia or Google it. Knowing is doing. Um, so I think experiential knowledge, and this is what coaching is about, giving you the experiential knowledge of things like stepping out of your comfort zone, really putting yourself out there, taking responsibility, all these things, are the, the, uh, is, is the real knowledge that, that's going to contribute to real knowledge, mm. not theoretical knowledge of something that people have seen a hundred times. <laughs> mm, absolutely. And that's why I think it's very much related, although it might be a bit controversial. I talked about it some time ago that some people think that more and more qualifications will give them something, but actually do they apply what they learned mm. in all those qualifications? I mean, I'm not saying don't do your Delta because it doesn't give you anything, but it's like, you know, the idea that by consuming more exactly. and passing an exam mm, or passing an exam <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. oh my god Absolutely. so like yeah and nowadays people don't even care like if you're looking if you're looking to build your own you know stand out in ELT and if you're looking mm -hmm. to build your business uh, students don't necessarily ask for papers or anything that's just the big companies in this industry who who's who need a CELTA or something right I think most students Depends, you know, depends on, on what you're teaching. But in my experience, whenever I taught, my students never asked me if I have any papers or anything to any certification to prove if I'm qualifying or not. Because mm. again, experience and knowledge. Exactly. Mm. But also you've become 
very good at what you do in a very specific field, uh, which is, I think, it stands out so much. So my next, next question was going to be, how did you actually arrive at that idea of adding the element of coaching and mindset to your teaching? Mm-hmm. So I've been like many people probably who, who are listening to this, like you, um, you know, teachers always think like, it's not working, right? My students are not improving as much as I would. And I know that I do like 120%. I prepare for my classes as much as I can, try to pick the best materials, give them the homework, talk to them about their goals, expectations, everything, but still doesn't work. And I'm, I always considered myself to be a very resourceful person who keeps looking for other ways and doesn't shy away from looking for alternative ways that might not be the mainstream. Um, yeah, and then actually my experience of living in Japan and seeing how people literally prefer not to speak and not even answer a question because they are not 100% sure if they know it or not, or if their grammar is correct or not, this extreme avoidance of stepping out of their comfort zone is what made me realize that, well, this is the answer, I think. And uh, the fact that in, in the West, it's a bit more, like people are more generally exposed to dangers, like Eastern mm. Europe, we know how life is there. It's not the most comfortable. People are kind of used to um, some uncomfortable things they have to do in their lives, um, as opposed to like Japan, where it's like the most convenient country ever to live in. You've got like a coffee cup holder when you are taking out cash and stuff like that. So literally things you would <laughs> never think of would make your life more convenient. And it's just this whole idea of avoiding the uncomfortable every single time, which is, again, the fixed mindset and cultivating that for a whole lifetime, including their um, language learning, the way they look at learning the language. Mm, that's such an interesting insight as well. I didn't know because I do have experience of teaching Japanese learners who are always uh, the shyest of all. Um, and exactly that, that being fixed on accuracy rather than fluency and thinking that whatever they say comes out of their mouth has to be absolutely perfect. But I didn't know where it came from. So thanks. I've, I'm learning a lot here. It's really interesting. Um, and do you think that... Uh, it's your own experience of coaching, not necessarily, um, you know, language coaching, but coaching in general helped you develop the methods that you use in your teaching in your business? Hmm. Um, I think it's partly that. And so I tried to put it together, my knowledge, the knowledge that I got in university, obviously, the things that I see, how obviously in the last I've been teaching for 13, 14 years. So I've seen how different kinds of students react to whatever we do. Um, And yeah, I myself always try to reflect on the things that work or not. So I'm not like, this has to work for everyone because I think the reason we love teaching, English teaching is because it's so highly contextual. Like every single class, every single person we are teaching is different at every single, you know, let's say, season every single day and that that's that's I think what gave me also um like motivation to move and just keep looking for different ways um so I think it's partly my experience and also the fact that I think in my life I kind of always cultivated this growth mindset without ever realizing it not in all aspects of my life because we all we cannot say I have a growth mindset all the time we all do um keep 
um, like have to having to be coached all the time. I think that's so important for us. But the fact that I've already become a confident, you know, I became confident enough to like leave my family and move to the UK at the age of 22 with 500 pounds in my pocket, literally just like, I don't care. I just want to do something else. And I don't mm. care how comfortable it's going to be in the beginning. That's just proof that I already had um, a growing mindset at that time. Absolutely. So, the definition of stepping out of your comfort zone, <laughs> although we, we are a bit more likely to do that when we're younger, aren't we? And then we get a bit stuck, right? <laughs> but when you do that when you're young, you know, that's kind of helping you and mm. impacts on how you step out of that comfort zone later on in your life. Exactly, exactly. Um Interesting. So do you mostly teach Asian students now or are they an international crowd? Just it is an international. I do believe in like, you know, English as a lingua franca. We do have to practice with not people from our own like language because you kind of understand people. You kind of see behind the language because you understand it. So mm -hmm. I think it's always a bigger challenge if you practice with people who don't speak your first language. There's no real reason why I would be speaking English to a Hungarian unless we are in a class and, you know, task-based language teaching and um, all these kind of activities that make it more real life, right? Lifelike um, just doesn't work when it's like when I know that that person has the same first language, this just wouldn't not, never happen in real life unless there's another person who doesn't speak our language. So I do have a few people from, from Asia, but in general, I just focus on a more international crowd of people. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. And also, I, I, I totally agree with you. I really couldn't agree more that uh, a lot of, you know, to some extent, it is what works, right, for different people in their businesses. And I think uh, it can be justified that people... Um, target the speakers of their own language because they really can like speak to their hearts right because they understand the culture and everything however the opportunities in being a mixed language uh, community having a teacher who is whose first language is is Hungarian for example or Spanish or whatever this is exactly the definition of real life have you I'm, I'm sure you've heard so many times that students generally obviously students have a lot of weird ideas about how they should learn English such as I should only learn from native speakers and then what they find out is that 80% of the world are not native speakers and they're completely lost and mm -hmm. say things like oh I can't understand this Spanish person speaking English well that's on you <laughs> isn't it so yeah truly I think it's just like you know it's again this kind of school English that people were taught into that's what we have to like speak against and really try to convince people that that's not learning English. That's just learning English as a subject or English uh, linguistics, basically, or grammar and not necessarily fluency because a school has things like levels, you know, like an exam has levels. But in your real life, you will meet people who have a higher level of English or people who barely can, who can barely communicate. You as an international English speaker need, needs to, you need to work on, like have the skill to talk to all these kind of people, right? Have a way to like make your English a bit simpler, you know, simplify the language so people understand you. 
but you also have to deal with the idea of speaking in front of people who speak a better sort of better English than you, which a lot of people really feel um, like shy about. I think a lot of people feel that they don't want to speak when there are people around who speak a better English than 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 they do. So I think these are things that again um, we have to get used to. And schools don't really provide this when they offer a mm. class exact for exactly the same level of of students absolutely again I, I really um we are at the same wavelength definitely when it comes to thinking about learning and teaching but again there is something so true about it um and that can be translated into coaching people just um genuinely they are not prepared to think for themselves and they are not prepared to become independent researchers as well so they can even if they haven't been resourceful they can become resourceful that's what I always try to achieve with my um with my clients um it's just you know showing them the potential that they've got because they are teacher for teachers for Christ's sake so they know all of that already but you know buying another course or doing another workshop or like learning about another technique of whatever It's not going to help really until you've started implementing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And just making students believe that they can do it, right? Because most people's experiences um, getting a grade or some sort of evaluation assessment saying that you failed, but you just failed at that moment, right? So I, I know there's this famous college or university in mm. Chicago who basically say things like not yet as a grade. Mm. Love instead it. of instead of fail because it's just not yet it, it means that yet. you can still work on it and in three months in six months if you really set your mind to it you can you can pass eventually so this whole idea of i can i cannot do anything right this is again what i always tell my clients um yet like always when, whenever you say any negative uh, sentence about yourself about your abilities always add the word yet at the end mm. like it's not like I can't speak to people who speak a better English than me but I can't speak yet yeah um, and that's just reframing this core belief that people have about their abilities fixed and not something they can keep learning yeah yeah but it this it also um requires courage because people mm. we are so um I would say conditioned to believe and like everybody who's been to through school experience. So grades, assessment, um, making us believe that we need to try harder. In just like, you know, obviously we need to try harder, but like for what? For a grade or mm. for a, a, a skill in life? It's just it's such a such a such an annoying thing that we need to unlearn so many of these habits. And also it is courageous to be thinking that someone um, exactly like like you say, you tell them you are not good at it yet. But most people I know, they think, oh, I'm just really bad at it. And they get stuck there. They think it's an enough excuse not to do something, for example. Right. right. Mm. And it's just like you can only like open people up because generally people find it very hard to um, understand something or accept something they don't believe in. 
And this is where a skilled coach comes into place and really helps them reframe their beliefs, right? Um, because eventually it's all about learning, right? Do I, am I learning by putting myself in this pigeonhole and say that I can never do this? Or that, oh yeah, one day I will improve my English. This is a mindset as well when people have like, oh yeah, one day, how many times have you have you told yourself one day when I improve your English in the last 15 years and you haven't? Mm-hmm. So this, this is the kind of, um, we really have to help students realize what they're saying and how their thoughts and the behaviors, the choices they make really influence their actions, their attitude to English. Uh, and this is something people find hard to, to do because it's really hard to see ourselves um, with the point of view of someone else. Like oh, yeah. put, put ourselves in another perspective. Oh, yeah. We need that external perspective. Mm. Again, coaching. Hello. <laughs> we need that yeah. push. We need that. And sometimes we also need the person who sees um, us like ahead of time so like we need to we need um someone to be our cheer, cheerleader of yes. the person that we're becoming rather than of the person that we are now so we can embody that you know whether it is fluency in english or whether it is you know success in business whatever there's all so much translatable to so Very many important. areas of life you know i would also add the the power of um community so you know group coaching for me, at least in my experience in my life, has been the most helpful thing ever in shifting my mindset. Because the thing is, you don't know what you don't know. And it's really hard to find... How many times a week I say that? You don't know what you don't know, illiterate. (laughs) But it's just so so true that it's... That's that's the big thing. That's the big human conundrum that um, we don't have to accumulate knowledge about things because we just have to find out what we don't know. We have to find, um, we have to be aware of our blind spots, which is what group coaching is an excellent um, format to do it in, because you will see people in the same shoes and then they might be asking questions that you would never have thought of, but you are also experiencing, you're also having trouble with. So when it comes to coaching, I always think coaching doesn't have to just come from a coach. A coach is obviously someone who's trained, they've got the experience, they have seen a lot of people, they have their um, experience, sorry, the experiment, sorry, the experiential knowledge mm-hmm. of becoming that person that the, the learner wants to become, if it's, let's say, a language um, speaker themselves, the, the coach. But at the same time, I see sometimes my students basically echoing what I told them in a coaching session and people tend to pay attention to their peers so much more than to some some authority like a coach so I think coaching can be done by someone else who can see you from the outside like many of our friends tell us what are you doing oh my god right because we would never notice when our good friends uh you know if they had never pointed pointed it out I would have never noticed Mm. Um, so this is partly why I think being coached in a group, you have the coach there, you have people, your peers who are exactly in the same situation is literally the best way you can work on your mindset. 
Honestly, cannot express how much I love what you just said. Uh, <laughs> as if it's, it was it's a sort of a school of thought as well, which it is, I think it is, because that mindset work it all comes down to similar principles. And exactly the sentence, you don't know what you don't know, literally until I've experienced it myself and have started hearing my peers asking questions that I that were in me, but I didn't know how to formulate them. Um you know i couldn't realize what how much i was missing you know right. um, and you know this is again amazing. this industry kind of encourages people to either take classes in like a group of 10 or 20 that is totally ineffective in my experience or to take individual one-to-one -one, which is like again you will be in your comfort zone eventually so a small group of people when you're learning a language together is so much more beneficial and people tend to believe that because it's only for me that's the most beneficial thing but it's a language you use it to communicate with human beings your fellow human beings why would you just limit yourself to talking to one person and take this be, being in the same situation for years and years and feeling comfortable with that person the moment you go out there and you use english in your real life you're like I've been taking private lessons for three years and I don't feel confident. Surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally agree. You know, um, not to say that, you know, it's completely ineffective, but exactly as you say, it is a limiting belief. And I totally get that. I've spoken to so many teachers that they also only run one-to-one -one classes because, oh, because my students don't want group classes. But are you telling them about the benefits, right? Mm -hmm. Are you exactly. making them realize what they're missing out on? Because <laughs> that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the essence. Or, you know, rather than telling them, show them, like, mm -hmm. okay, let's try Let's try, you know, you could even offer them like a free session to see how it's going to look like. And then they will be like, oh, I communicated so much more than I thought. And then I think a lot of people would be bored with it. Absolutely. Lovely. Oh, my God, I'm loving this chat too much. We could talk for ages. Um, the one thing I've been wondering about as well is so obviously for a lot of people, it is a new idea, of, a new way of learning the language. So how are your students responding to this? Are they like? initial shock and then they ease into it or are some people reluctant at all i think again just what we talked about in the beginning it depends on the generation mm -hmm. i do have students who are like this gen z very fresh out of college and everything you know they are uh, in their early 20s now who i think they have heard of things like mindset because of social media and things so i think they will have so much a, such such a brighter future than our generation who had to go through things the hard way as you said mm. um so i think they are fine with it and they are pretty when they join um the thing is i'm really trying to look for people i know that i can help because you cannot even you know no matter how hard you try as a teacher you can't learn for your students so it's also important to to have your best, to set your boundaries as a teacher, to have enough self-respect to say, I'm not going to work with students who are not committed. And this whole industry, I don't know if I can talk about this very briefly, um, like this whole uberification of our industry, sorry to say, like offering classes for $1, like some websites out there, um, they might remove me from there, but I don't care after hearing this. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, um, it's just making people think that you 
there is an easy way and you, you just pay this and expect some results with doing nothing else, just paying. Whereas there's the other branch who are like, I have the money, but I don't have the courage. So it's just, you know, taking away so many opportunities from people and the prices, you know, as a teacher, the prices you set is a way you can also filter out those people, right? It's one way of doing that besides interviewing and lots of other things. But the fact that you can only bring help, not even bring results because teachers can't bring results. We can help people bring results. And that's the first mindset shift we, we have, we teachers have to help our students to create in their mind that a teacher is not someone who will learn instead of you. You're not just taking lessons uh, and not do nothing else with the language and then leave the class in like the course in two years and then expect to speak fluent English and blame the teacher on it. Um, it's all about facilitating, supporting, coaching, everything you can do to help them on their path. But you can't help them bring results if they aren't committed. So that's the first thing that people have to remember. And committed people will always show up. Committed people will come and they will do the things. But I do feel like the older generations have some reservations against coaching. Um, some of them have been told things like, this is not like I'm not a school child anymore. And I'm like, yeah, but coaching is not about me telling you what you should do. It's about you finding the answers to your questions. But some people are still like really reluctant or prefer mm. not to show up and then leave because they don't see the results as well. But, you know, I try to detach from, from that because, again, if I have seen that it worked for some people, then, of course, I can reflect on my work as well, and I do. But if I see the attitude, somebody not doing the work, somebody not taking the actions to reframe their thoughts, then there's really nothing I can do. No. Uh, and the most important thing, you need, in order for coaching, language, sports, whatever coaching to work, you need to be coachable. Uh, exactly. You need to be open to it and ready to it. And it, sometimes it takes time for people to open up to the idea uh, because it is uncomfortable. Um, being a part of a, master, a business mastermind myself, I saw people getting stroppy with our coach for not answering their questions directly like she would how much do I price this for example she said how much do you think you should price this right how much how do I approach this how would you like to approach it right people are not used to it so it's very uncomfortable at the beginning but you know the results are obviously uh, amazing when you mm allow to be like that when you commit to it right because sometimes it is it does take that faith and as you say commitment to to the process and that's why I also wanted go, to go back to those two I totally agree like all those classes and people even the idea of people pricing their lessons per hour and allowing mm -hmm. people to book one lesson are you providing a service of teaching a person language for one hour a mm. week or are you mm. providing a service of a transformation exactly because these are two different things right yeah and okay whatever yeah. people choose to do right but if you want a loyal committed clients and really make an impact i think right totally yeah it's it's just that they can only expect if you know if someone doesn't book their classes which a lot of these platforms don't allow um, to book them consistently, there's really nothing you can do. When people book 
based on their calendar, that's just something that you know it's um, you already know at the beginning what's going how it's going to pan out. <laughs> but it's always good to challenge such things, and it's it we don't have to settle for anything yeah. less. That and we should because this shouldn't. you know this industry <laughs> really needs some help. Oh yeah, it does. Oh yeah, it does. I was I was telling um, some people the other day that the last thing I heard when I was still in my ELT office job in London that I left a year ago was it's just such a shit industry and this is such a limiting belief in itself because I know it's a shit saturated industry but who are we if not the people who can change it and challenge it exactly yeah I always say the same like you're either part of the problem or you are you are finding a solution that you're doing something against that um, and I do believe that I can't keep on complaining about how shitty this industry is unless I do my part. And if I get to convince that 1% of the world that coaching and trying to be more realistic and more pragmatic about our teaching to prepare people for life, um, then, you know, I'm happy because <laughs> that's my contribution. Exactly. This is how you're making an impact. I was going to ask how you stand out in ELT, but this whole episode proves how you stand out in ELT. But did you want to add anything yes, today? <laughs> um, I would definitely add that just trying to add my own voice by not always feeling, um, you know, shy about my own opinion. So, you know, a lot of people just like keep checking what the big industry leaders say about things just to have some ideas. But sometimes I'm like, I don't want to check my competition or anybody who talks about the same things. Let's just share my own voice as well. Because that's literally, for a teacher in this such a, I think you talked about this, um, such a saturated industry. Um, for a teacher, it's also your personality and your opinions. The way you look at life, the way you inspire people is how you stand out. And if you work on your own mindset as a teacher, this is a message to anybody who's listening to this, then again, you don't know what your potential is unless you really work on becoming your real self and attract the kind of people you, you love working with. I love this. I love this. And it's so encouraging <laughs> because when I tell people about it, it's exactly what you say. It's like, oh, but she's just a coach. She's telling us because, you know, you know, sometimes I feel like it's when when it comes from a, a, an authoritative figure, it, yeah. it sounds like, oh, she just wants to sell something. Yes, I am selling certain ideas, but I think they're worth selling. But then when it comes from a peer and a person who actually has been through the process, it's invaluable. So thank you very much for sharing this. I've loved this thank episode. You, yeah, it was a, a real pleasure. And I'm really glad that, you know, your podcast is also one of these proponents of, you know, spreading the word about coaching and in this industry that really needs to implement this in the long term. Mm, I'm, I'm hoping that this will, this will be exactly that. That's my mission. <laughs> That's my little voice in ELT. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chubby. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you feel inspired. Um, Honestly, what else can I add? Mm. Just go do the things, experiment, um, voice your own opinions, be different. Also, we didn't talk about it, but 
such an important thing to be actually different, not like everybody else. It's honestly, it's one of the most important qualities that I see people shy away from because, you know, it's scary. But you talked about it, right? Being different. Love it. It is so. Yeah. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Um, I hope, you know, again, that it made you feel inspired to do some work, some research. But, you know, don't just do research. Go and experiment and inspire people to take action in their English or take the action in your business and be the example of a person who invests in their own mindset so you can, you know, um, start becoming the highest self all those woo-woo concepts I know you all love it but you're gonna get used to it because we're gonna we're gonna make them the most talked about things in ELT in 2022 that's the mission as well thanks so much guys see you next week being a teacher is your superpower you know how to do it but developing a business mindset and business skills can be tricky. So if you're a bit lost or maybe fed up with figuring it all out on your own, don't worry. I've created this podcast and other free resources to help you. Follow me on Instagram for a daily dose of education, energy, motivation and fun. If you're interested in working with me, please get in touch and I'll be very happy to tell you about ways of working with me. Don't be a stranger. Say hello from time to time on social media. I love getting to know you better. You're my ELT tribe. And for now, bye and until next time.